I know that things have changed since I was young. Porn and pornography was restricted. It was taboo. You had to have it mailed to you. You had to go out and buy it at an adult bookstore. I mean, why did they even call those things bookstores? They didn't sell books. Porn was not easy for kids to obtain. But the neighborhood boys where I grew up kept the holy grail of pornography hidden away in the rafters of our town's 4-H building, which was really a glorified barn. And there, tucked away in one of the rafters, was our stash. It was a quarter of a single page of a woman's flesh. Now, was it her thigh? Was it her belly? Was it her arm? I don't know. You couldn't tell, but ooh. As a young man, I worked at a gas station, and I had no idea when I was hired that the gas station sold pornographic magazines. That is, until the day a middle-aged guy drove up in a nice convertible. He wasn't one of the regulars. And he asked for something, a name, and he, he asked for the name of one of these magazines, but I thought he was asking for a particular kind of cigarette. Now, I was still learning the difference between a hard pack and a soft pack of cigarettes, so I asked the fellow, would you like that in a hard pack or a soft pack? And he, he kind of looked at me stunned, a female coworker, had to come up to me, put her arm on my shoulder, whisper in my ear, watch me turn beet red while she got underneath the counter and pulled out the magazine he asked for, put it in a brown paper bag, and gave it to him. Like I said, things have changed since I was young. Today, porn and pornography are everywhere. Porn sites have more visitors today than Amazon, Netflix, and Twitter combined. You can access it at home. No brown bag needed. No disapproving glance from your postal carrier. No, you can get it 24-7 in the privacy of your home, your apartment, your dorm room, your bedroom. Pornhub is just one of these sites, and Pornhub alone gets 100 million visits a day. Every minute, 63,992 new visitors show up. Every minute, 12 new porn videos are released. The average person lingers 10 minutes and 13 seconds on Pornhub's website. You may not know this, but 80% of the visits come from smartphones and tablets. And here in the United States, we're number one. And I'm not just talking about the coronavirus. We're the number one consumer worldwide of illegal child pornography and obscene pornography. It's gotten to the point where four out of ten Americans now say porn is okay, 40% of us. Look, 
porn and porn use can often become an addiction. And if you are addicted, I want to refer you back to my message in our series called Shame on Addiction. You need to listen to that message. But today, I want to name porn and porn use for what it is, lust. It's an issue of the heart. I attended Wheaton College, which is a Christian college outside of Chicago, and we all had to take a pledge. No drinking, no dancing, no gambling, and no lusting. The men at Wheaton had a slogan, (laughs) set your thoughts on things above, not on thighs below. Now, right or wrong, the women at Wheaton College who dressed a little provocatively would get called out in the dinner line by a a young man named Darnell. Darnell happened to be African-American. He was a football player, and he prayed like nobody's business. And he would just say very loudly if he thought one of the Wheaton uh, women were not clothed properly, girl, put some clothes on. Now, before some of you get bent out of shape, I want to point something out. All around the world, there are Muslim countries. And in these Muslim countries, women are covered from head to toe. You can only see their face, and they're not even allowed to wear makeup. Now, you might conclude that, well, because these women are covered head to toe, why lust isn't a problem. Sex trafficking isn't a problem. But you'd be wrong. Lust and sex trafficking and the objectification of women is a huge problem in Muslim countries. Apparently, lust is not an external thing. It's a matter of the heart. And that's where Jesus talks to us in Matthew chapter 5. We're in the passage today that immediately follows the section on anger where we were last week. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. And this is Jesus' big sermon, his sermon on the mount. Jesus says this, you've heard the commandment that says, you must not commit adultery. Now, this is the seventh commandment that says, sex between a man and the wife of another married man is verboten, forbidden. The punishment was death to both of them. Deuteronomy 5, 18 says, you must not commit adultery. And Deuteronomy 5, 21 says, you must not covet your neighbor's wife. Both the Old and the New Testament root sex as something that is supposed to be between a husband and wife only. But Jesus says this in verse 28, but I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. But I say, Jesus is saying, If you don't break the commandment, but you want to do so in your heart or in your mind, you're equally guilty. Anyone who looks at a woman. Now this look at a woman phrase means something specific. And it means looking at a woman with an intent to own, to possess, to use, to enjoy her with no thought to her as a person. Now, 
As my old pastor Raymond used to say, the good news is that the first look is free. The first look is okay. When you notice a woman and you think, wow, she's pretty, that's not a sin. But when you undress her in your mind, when you visualize sexual acts, you've committed adultery. You've broken God's commandments. Jesus is saying, hey, even a little lust is not okay. And if Jesus could speak to us in America with our use of porn and pornography right now, he would shout, stop, stop it. But he would say to those who are caught in the grips of it, hey, look at me, look at me, focus here. You can be free. If your gaze is fixed on me, (laughs) you can walk on the water. But Jesus continues in verses 29 and following. He says this, So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Jesus is speaking in metaphors. He's using hyperbole. Dallas Willard says of this passage, how utterly silly, how silly, as if cutting off your hand or gouging out your eye will eliminate lust. Why? Because lust isn't an external thing. Lust is a matter of the heart. I know what Jesus means when he, when he uses hyperbole. I'm married to a teacher. Teachers have lots of stuff. I'm the father to several budding artists, and they produce a lot of pictures and paintings and multimedia stuff, and, and there's just stuff everywhere. And there are times that I've said something to this effect. If we don't get this house straightened up, I'm going to burn it to the ground. Now, am I really going to burn my house down? No. No using hyperbole. I'm saying this is important. Do something about it. Jesus is saying in this passage when he says, if your eye or your hand cause you to sin, gouge it out, cut it off. He's saying, use whatever means are necessary. Take radical action. And when it comes to pornography, it could be something as simple as you don't have internet. What? Yeah, use whatever means are necessary. Now, I want to make a caveat about this passage. If you're aware of ancient Near Eastern history and the history of Palestine of the first century, you know it was common for two people to get caught in the act of adultery, but the woman would get punished and the man would get off. The man would somehow escape their clutches. Not very fair, was it? And rabbis had extensive rules about how women should dress modestly and appropriately. Here, Jesus is placing responsibility squarely on the man. It's the man's eye, the man's hand. He's saying, hey, a little lust is not okay. A little porn is not okay. Lust is not the same thing as love. Lust is about owning, possessing, using, 
discarding, mistreating. Love is about serving. It's in the context of mutual respect. It's other-focused. Ongoing, unchecked lust will destroy you from the inside out. So let me ask a couple of questions in light of what Jesus has to say to us today. And the first question is simply this. Am I watching, am I seeing things that I shouldn't see? And the second question, am I keeping secrets from my wife, from my husband? Am I keeping secrets from my parents about what I'm watching? So let me make this practical. Let me give you some practical advice today. First and foremost, it begins with accountability. If you're married, you start with your spouse. Hey, there's something I need to tell you. If you're under the age of 18 and living at home, you start with your parents. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. I have something I need to tell you. Confession is the first step toward forgiveness, toward healing, toward wholeness. You got to tell somebody you can trust. If you're not married, if you don't have kids at home, you need to pick a friend, a pastor, somebody that you can trust to say, hey, I need to tell you something. Accountability is the first step and it begins with confession. The second thing is it helps to have a plan. So let me talk to you adults for a minute. If you're married, if you're an adult, you ought to have some kind of accountability software. Guys, if you're surfing the internet, you ought to have something that reports where you go. Triple X Church has accountability software. It doesn't filter anything. It will allow you to go anywhere you want to go. But everywhere you go is compiled in a report, and that report is sent to your designated accountability partner. It's roughly akin to what Walmart does when Walmart puts in security cameras. Now, the security cameras aren't going to prevent anybody from shoplifting. But if you're wanting to steal things from Walmart, the fact that they have cameras gives you significant pause. Okay? Another thing about you should consider, particularly if you're married, is go to sleep when your spouse goes to sleep. If your spouse is in bed at, at 10 o'clock, you ought to be in bed at 10 o'clock, even if you're just reading next next to them. Go to sleep when your spouse goes to sleep. And then no screens behind closed doors. No screens behind closed doors. Now let me talk to you kids and parents for a minute. There's a website, Enough is Enough, that has tremendous set of rules and tools. Things like safe searches, parental controls, filters, uh, the appropriate use of webcams. But again, one of the biggest things that you can do in your family is to make it a fast and hard rule. No screens are allowed to be on or used behind a closed door, period. Why would I be talking about this now? Look, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We've been Many of us have been cooped up at home for long periods of time, and we're spending a lot more time in front of a screen than we used to spend, say, even just six months ago. And I'm just going to tell you right now, the internet is full 
of porn. The internet is full of things that you should not be watching. You should not be seeing. Here's why this is so important, gang. And I want to talk to those of you that have either used porn or you're tempted to use porn. Here's why this matters. Not only is what Jesus is saying true and spot on, but there are really good reasons why Jesus would say this. First of all, ongoing porn use rewires your brain. Over time, it will actually deaden your desire for real women. Extended porn use is causing tremendous sexual dysfunction. Uh, There are just scads of young couples all throughout the United States, all throughout the world, who the, the, the man, the male partner, simply cannot get an erection, cannot get aroused by their, by their wife because porn use has made it impossible for them. And the, and the last reason is there is an unprecedented rise in extreme rough acts during sexual intercourse, things that are far more violent than loving. And again, this is completely tied to the use of pornography. Look, no one is beyond God's grace. If you're listening to this today and you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm too far gone, Max. No, no, you're not. No one is beyond the realm of God's grace and mercy. In Mark's gospel, one of the first people that Jesus calls is Levi, is is Matthew, the tax collector. And tax collector reputations in the first century are the equivalent of to being a porn star or a porn producer today. And it's one of the first types of people that Jesus called to follow him. The other thing I want you to know straight up and simply, and the reason that I'm, I'm teaching on this today is I want you to do something, okay? Even if it's that one step of no screens behind closed doors, do something. We're all in front of screens a lot more than we used to be six months ago. And what we see and what we watch has the potential to shape who we become and to shape the contours of our heart. It matters. A little lust, even a little lust, is not okay. Gang, I love you. I believe in you, and God is with you and for you.